0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Be More Well Backstage Pass. My name is Jeff St. Pierre, and this is episode 55 featuring Matt Haig. Got a return guest on the show this week. Author Matt Haig is one of my favorite authors. I first came across him a few years back when he released the book Reasons to Stay Alive. He talks a lot in that about his struggles with depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts, all topics that ring very true in my own life. I felt a connection with him and started to follow his career. Since then, he's put out a few different books, including the massive hit last year called The Midnight Library. That novel has just taken over the world, and rightfully so. It is fantastic. I had him on Be More Well about a year ago, actually talking about that book. Well, he's back now to discuss his latest work called The Comfort Book. Now, this one is different. It's not a novel. It's not fiction. It's more of a collection of thoughts and ramblings. I only got about 15 minutes with Matt, so I'm kind of bummed that this conversation isn't longer. I have so much that I could talk about with him, and he is a talker. So I hope you do like the conversation that we had. And before we jump into that, just a quick reminder to subscribe to Be More Well on whatever platform you're using, so you'll be updated on all future episodes. And please feel free to look us up on social media. The show can be found on Instagram, at Be More Well Podcast. And I'm on there too, at St. Pierre On Air.
1: Hey Matt, how's it going? Very good, thank you. It's nice to see you. You're in Baltimore, right?
0: Yes, yes, still in Baltimore.
1: It's been a long time, and it's been an even longer time since I've been in Baltimore. I was in I went to Baltimore in the 1990s and I need to go back. It's well overdue, but um, yeah, not happening at the moment, obviously with the world situation.
0: Yeah. I don't think anyone's really doing a whole lot. Of, well, I don't want to say no one, but I feel like people are not doing as much international travel as they used to.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. This is very true. Yeah. I'm still in contact actually with my Baltimore people because my parents used to do house swapping and we, uh, my parents were teachers and they were teachers in Baltimore and we swapped houses And um, yeah, Randy Schill, you don't know Randy Schill. You know what?
0: It doesn't sound familiar, but I do know plenty of local bookstores that would love to have you come by if you did uh, make a trip over here.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'll do that, Jeff. I I definitely, I want to come. I want to do the whole East Coast. I love Baltimore. I remember, I remember eating a lot of crab.
0: Yeah, yep. That's our specialty.
1: Oh, I, I think, I, I don't know, I doubt they still do it, but there was a, there was a massive Elvis festival. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: the Night of a Thousand or a Hundred Elvises, I forget what it is, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah that was fun, and um, I loved it. I can't remember which suburb I was in, but it was a, a, a nice suburb, and um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's my 19th that's no. flashback.
0: That's great, I love to hear about it, and uh, there are a few local bookstores that I may or may not have gone in and moved your book to a more high-profile position um oh. i'm talking about the midnight library not the comfort book i have not been into a store since this was released um but the midnight library may or may not have gotten shifted to some end caps i'm just saying
1: oh fantastic <laughs> it's, good to, it's good to have friends in high places Joe. <laughs> it's great.
0: <laughs> I got to say, Matt, I, I've spoken to you a few different times over the years, and I'm equally as excited for you and the success that you've seen over the last year since the Midnight Library came out. Uh, but I'm, I'm equally excited and annoyed at the same time, because part of me, I love these conversations that I have with you, and I'm just so excited that more people are are discovering your work, because I know how much of a big hit that book was. But at the same time, it's so much harder to get time with you now, because people want to talk to you.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of, yeah, for the first time in my life, now, people <laughs> actually want to talk to me. This is good. No, um, it's been a bit, I've been a bit stretched. Yeah, I think I'm entering a calmer period. I mean, the Midnight Library is still doing great, but I mean, there's not masses more to do. What I would love, though, is to do an actual real world um, book tour. I can't, that's been the missing ingredient, really, because it has been lovely that my um, most uh, successful, I suppose, book has come out. Um, at the Midlife Library, but it's been so frustrating that I haven't been able to actually tour it. And yeah. I'm almost worried maybe that's the factor. Maybe because people haven't met me face-to-face, they're, they're buying the book. Maybe the tours were the problem.
0: <laughs> you, you've solved the less problem right there.
1: Me, yeah. <laughs> the less they see of me, the better.
0: You know, it's interesting. I, I want to ask you about that now since you mentioned it. I I see how your opinion is now, but I wonder, was it different a year ago? Because I know that you are someone that has uh, you know continued to battle with anxiety and depression over the years. I wonder, was it easier for you during the press tour for the Midnight Library where you were like, holy hell, I can just stay home and do this? Are you kidding? This is amazing.
1: I mean, at the start, I was definitely feeling like that. I was definitely thinking, well, this is easy. This is like just from my sofa. <laughs> but then when you do a lot of it, mm. you do start to crave... Um the events in fact I always used to quite like the events what I didn't like was the travel around it you know like the staying in some hotel your publishers put you up in and you're not you're not getting a good night's sleep and um, that stuff gets a bit tiring but um, the actual meeting people is what I miss I, I miss the, not so much the event itself because sometimes yeah I get a bit nervy or I get a bit exhausted doing the event itself but like afterwards when you're actually properly meeting people that's uh, uh that's good i used to like that and i haven't done that and obviously it's not the same when you're doing it via zoom because you have your hour and so so you're in your mode you're intense and then you close your laptop and you've got all this energy that's got nowhere to go and you sort of like pace around your front room and think yeah. uh, did that actually happen or was i just sort of on my laptop and so um I'm craving the real things. I mean, I think I think we're all craving that a little bit, aren't we? And um, I mean, the UK, like, like um, I'm sure Maryland is sort of opening up a bit, but it's not quite normal normal yet. I don't know if normal normal is going to be properly back. But um, it's been, yeah, it's been a strange, a strange experience having such a successful book relative to my own career. Uh, You know, uh, I mean, a lot of Americans think it was like my first book, you know, and it's my 21st book, (laughs) which makes me feel like the age of Yoda or something. But yeah, (laughs) I've I've somehow written um, 21 books, if you factor in children's books as well. And it's been so strange having this um, kind of big book, but actually not doing anything out in the world with it. You know what I mean? I've just been at home, same house. Uh, same computer, same same dog walk. So you know, every day has been you know. So so it's like in one sense, you know, people say, "Oh, you know, has it you know has it changed anything?" And it's like not really. I mean, it's meant that I've got a lot of uh, very exciting emails, and um, we'll probably get a nice royalty check later in the year. But in terms of actually how I'm living, it's not really um, changed anything because I haven't been out there um, in bookstores or you know, seeing it out in the world a bit. And I, I've, I've enjoyed, and enjoyed you know, indulging myself a little bit with that stuff. But um, yeah, there will be a time and I'll be back in America and um, I will definitely be back in Baltimore. And um, I can't wait, actually. I'll be good.
0: Well, we'll cross our fingers. I'm also crossing my fingers for you. We are going to talk about The Comfort Book in a second, but you've got the film adaptation of your Christmas book, A Boy Named Christmas, oh. and that's coming out later this year. And I imagine there's a lot of excitement about a potential premiere party. And I mean, it's your first book turning into a movie. Like, I want you to be yeah. able to enjoy all of that stuff. I want
1: my red car <laughs> It demands my red carpet experience. Um, yes, I. it will be, yeah, it will be great. I, I definitely feel, I mean, it's not, I think it's just Netflix in America. It's going to be on cinemas in Europe. So it, there will be a London premiere, all being well, you know. I I don't want to listen to any new variants that are coming out or anything. I'm just imagining um, somehow, somehow, I don't know. It it has to be the bubonic plague at that point to actually, (laughs) this is my premiere. Let's do (laughs) it. I'd be like, you know, one of the kids in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Violet Beauregard, like, I want my premiere. I'm sure it'll happen. But what's been nice about the film thing is that I haven't really been involved with it at all. So I I can actually enjoy it from a distance. I don't feel like too wrapped up in it. I didn't script it. I didn't, you know, I it was adapted. So my involvement really was choosing the people who, you know, there was a few people who, who wanted it. And I, as soon as I chose the people, I was like, okay, you do it. And um, it, I, I've been able to enjoy it as a fan of cinema rather than someone who feels too precious about the adaptation.
0: You're like, um, I wrote the I'm, book and that's it. I'm out. That's
1: it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And it's, 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 it's been great. And I have been involved in the sense that they they asked me out onto the set. And I met the cast and everything. And I had all the fun stuff, but I didn't have the hard sort of brainstorming sessions or, you know, that thing. I've written screenplays before, generally unmade screenplays, where you're you're torn between what the director wants, what the producer wants. There's so many... And I'm not, I'm not great at that kind of writing because, uh, you know, I'm used to sort of having maybe one editor and then you go back and forth with them. But when you've got so many... Cooks spoiling the broth, it becomes a bit um hard work to keep your head. And so I it's been it's been lovely, basically. It's been lovely that right. I have no idea. I mean, I like the film. I have no idea, obviously, how it's gonna go down, but I, I've got a good feeling about it. I mean the cast is great and I'm I can't wait for people to see it. But yeah, I'm not really bothered, just to be very clear, in case my English humour um it's not translating i I, i'm genuinely not bothered about red carpet i'm probably i whenever i've actually been um on the very rare occasions to to someone else's fancy party i'm normally the person in the corner having the panic attack so i'm sure when it's my own fancy party i will be pure panic attack the whole way through so i I, i'd probably actually rather stay at home and watch it on netflix anyway so uh, and get some popcorn and um We've got a popcorn machine, so we'd, we'd make some popcorn.
0: Oh, see, there you go. Well, I'm looking forward to it. The trailer that came out a few months ago looks really cool, so I'm excited to see that. But, uh, Matt, I do have limited time with you, so I want to shift over to the reason that we're really doing this press tour today, and that's The Comfort Book, uh, which is your latest in uh, nonfiction book. And I, I, I want you to describe what this means to you, to other people.
1: Yeah, The Comfort Book basically was a book I wrote Um, It sounds strange, but I wrote almost to comfort myself. It was uh, throughout my life, well, since recovery from depression, I've written things either about what I'm feeling or I'll I'll find a quote from someone else, an ancient philosopher, and write it down, or I'll uh, work something out for myself that I want to remember about how I recovered or a thought I've had in depression that would be useful when I'm feeling better. And all of these things were I mean, very disparate and it was probably never going to turn into a book. But then um, March 2020 happened and the pandemic happened and the news happened. And I'm always writing the book that I want to read in that moment that uh, doesn't necessarily exist. And I want to create the book that I want to read in that moment. And The Comfort Book was the classic example of that. I, I needed something to calm me down. Um, I wanted an easy reading and also easy writing experience. Um, So the comfort book was designed to be easy and simple, but also contain within it philosophical ideas, you know, from the ancient Greeks and uh, various things and touch on different people's lives, whether it's Maya Angelou, whether it's Steve Callahan, that guy who got lost at sea for 72 days and was played by George Clooney in a movie, but he discovered the meaning of life while he was sort of set adrift. all kinds of different people turn up in there. A lot of it's just aphorisms, simple paragraphs. Um, it's it's just a book you can pick up on page 79 or 105, and you, you don't have to read the stuff around it, but hopefully you'll get something out of that random moment. It's not a book you have to read from the front page to the back page. It's almost like a book of quotations where you pick up, or a kind of, um, what's it called, those devotional religious books yeah. where you can just, it up in like little secular psalms. And that was the idea I um, had for it. And so it is what it says on the cover, hopefully, the comfort book. And um, I really had fun writing it because I didn't, unlike a novel where a lot of it is architectural and it's like editing and structuring how it works. With this, I could literally write what I wanted to on the page I wanted to. And um, I didn't have to worry about order or anything. So I could just concentrate on the words. And it was really... It was a lovely, uh, lovely experience. I see it, even though it's non-fiction, I see it as a kind of companion to the Midnight Library as well, because um, the theme of self-acceptance is definitely one that recurs throughout the Comfort Book.
0: Yeah, it's very like stream of consciousness. Like you said, you could just kind of put things out there, you know, write it down and put it out there in the book and no, you know, necessarily particularly any order. There was one that I just want to mention that I really like a lot because it reminds me of a quote that I heard a little while ago, somebody talking about social media, they said, feed your feed with things that feed your soul. And the whole idea is to, you know, just follow things and follow people that really inspire you. Not that we're going to make you angry, not that are going to frustrate you. And you have on page one ten scroll your mind, a whole thing about a very similar thing, maybe in a few more words, but it just, it just reminded me of that. And I was like, gosh, it, it is so, it is so true. Social media can really be amazing, but it can also tear you down at
1: the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly Twitter. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I,
0: I follow you, so I know your escapades. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I had two months off Twitter earlier this year and it was joyous. So I'm planning another, um, another little holiday away from uh, Twitter. I, I do, I, increasingly, I have fantasies about deleting the whole account, which will probably be a relief to most people who follow me. But um, yeah, Instagram doesn't seem to impact me so much. I, I, I seem to be relatively serene on Instagram. Twitter just is an aggravating. Uh, space, But you, you are right. You, you, can, you can cultivate it and curate your own Twitter feed, can't you?
0: I'm guessing so that sound means that we're done and we're out of time. But Matt, before I let you go, where do people find more about you?
1: Um, well, they can, they, if they insist, they could go over to Twitter. But you'll probably find a more amenable side of me on Instagram at Matt Zed Haig. And, um, you know, hopefully a good bookstore near YouTube.
0: Great, Matt. It's a pleasure seeing you. Good luck with everything and congratulations.
1: Thanks so much, mate. That was brilliant. Thank you. All right. We'll see you soon. See you soon in Baltimore. Bye.
0: (laughs) Thank you to Matt Haig for giving us his time today. His book, The Comfort Book, is available now. You can grab it wherever you get your books, hopefully at a small local bookstore. And thank you to all of you for listening this week. Really appreciate that. Until next time, be well.